Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, motivational speaker, women's empowerment coach, full-time psychology student, mama four, and military spouse. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and real stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Cassandra. Cassandra Shamber, MD, is a pain specialist who focuses on mind, body, emotion medicine. In her solo practice in Duluth, Minnesota, she combines Western and complementary medicine as she helps patients get to the root of their pain and heal from within. She's, she created the new healing connection for people who want to change the perspective on health and healing. Her special interest is in the power of emotions to heal both physical and emotional illness. You're talking right up my alley. This is the sort of thing that I love. Oh, good. <laughs> so Dr. Cassandra, I would like to have you take us back to when you're in medical school and what that was like for you, because it's hard when people hear this, that they're like, how did she transition from traditional medical practice to now this holistic healing, which is something that, you know, a lot of people aren't familiar with. Well, this is, uh, it, it's not as simple as you would imagine. <laughs> when I, um, and I think it, it, um, it really, the big shift occurred when I got up, out of my family medicine residency. And that was in uh, 1996 is when I got out. And what had happened was, well, I went into my medical training with a totally idealistic approach and, and a view. I thought, I'd grown up, I knew I wanted to be a doctor since I was, one of my first thoughts as a young child was, I'm going to be a doctor. And so it had always been part of my reality that this was going to happen. And I put a lot of work into it, obviously. And I had this dream, you know, like um, back in the 70s, there was this television show called Marcus Welby, MD. You probably haven't even heard of it, but it was like this nice older man was this caring doctor and everything was just worked out nicely and it was just felt so good and I thought I want to be that kind of doctor who is competent and caring and I had this this ideal vision that when I got out of my medical training it was just going to just naturally and seamlessly just my life would just be a really um, natural experience of that physician archetype or life role but what happened was, as often happens in life, is that um, when I got out of residency, it wasn't anything like I had imagined it was going to be. And by, you know, through my medical training, I was like, well, it's going to get better. You know, things are going to come together for me. I'm going to feel this. This is going to be right for me. But at the end of it, I'm out in practice now and I'm thinking, wait, this, this doesn't feel right yet. And I'm not criticizing uh, my medical training. I had really uh, probably the best training in the world that you could get. And um, I knew what I was doing, but it just, it felt like I wasn't, I was like, I was wearing someone else's clothes. It just wasn't natural for me. And, and besides the fact that there were two real, two parts of it. First was with patients. I felt like I wasn't doing what I, I should be doing. I felt like I wasn't getting to the root of issues on some levels and like there should be more. Um, but back, remember, this was the 90s and yeah. at least in Minnesota, it wasn't like today. We didn't even have much as far as internet. 
And so mm -hmm. I was just stuck with my local bookstore and, and the people I would meet in, in my area or if I'd find out about a conference somewhere else in the country. So it was a really different time. And um, so that was one part of it, the fact that I didn't feel like I was in the right place in my practice. And then the other was personal. It was super hard. I, I was just exhausted. This was uh, medical, being a doctor looks really easy on television, but in real life, it almost killed me. I, um, part of it is that I'm sort of small and I don't have a lot of endurance and I need to sleep a lot yeah. to be function in a, in a, in a, my, my best way. And, um, also like my feet get sore if I have to stand up too long and, and there's just a ton of things where, you know, I was not ready for the grueling aspect of medical training. And, you know, I'm not a mother, but I, you talk a lot about being a mother and how hard it is. And just last week, I was talking with one of my patients who has a, a child who's almost two years old. And we were talking about uh, all the similarities between being a mother and being a doctor, because um, one thing I, I can appreciate is the sleep deprivation and how hard that is and how you have to be on. And even if you are tired or sick or whatever is going on, you have to just be there and you have to perform. You can't say, well, I've got to take the week off here because I'm, I'm not feeling well. Uh, that's not an option. And so that was that's one thing. And then there's the other aspect of it is that when you're a mother and when you're a physician, there's this sense of responsibility. I've got this human life that is in my hands and boy, I hope I do the right thing. So that <laughs> sense of, you know, of thinking, wow, you know, this is, I didn't realize the pressure I would feel um, when I had, when I was face to face with people that I was trying to help and I'm feeling that responsibility and wanted to do my best. So there were a number of things as I, as I came out of my training and I was, I, I really, I, I sort of describe it as the, my uh, experience of the dark night of the soul. Mm -hmm. It was, it was just physically, I was exhausted, emotionally, um, intellectually, spiritually, everything. I just felt like, you know, my life was turned upside down. And um, so this, this was like um, my, my really low point. And unlike mother's, um, that, and I think this is part of why it's so hard to be a mother from the mothers that I deal with is, you know, I think a lot of that occurs when your kids are young and you get, you know, when you're pregnant, you sort of, you got all these body changes, but you're sort of thinking, well, I'll get that baby. Once the baby's delivered, it's going to all be wonderful and magic. And I think it can, I can imagine it can be daunting to say, oh my goodness, that was not even the hard part. Now I have this human life in my hands. And if I don't take care of it, this child, right, it could just die today. Or am I going to mess this child up for his or her entire life because of the, the, the decisions I make? So I can, I can just imagine how hard that is. But I luckily did not have that. I was lucky that I was able to um, take some time. I switched into... Um, urgent care where I could have some time to myself. And this really is what started this inner journey for me. It was for both my patients because I knew I wanted to do something different, but I didn't really know what that was going to look like. And then at the same time, I needed to um, reevaluate. And really what I ended up having to do is sort of grieve the loss of my old life 
and my mm -hmm. expectations and who I thought I was going to be and um, sort of let go of some of those old dreams. And then I had to um, sort of recreate myself and find a new, a new path for myself. Yeah. So that, that took me, I'd say about a decade. So like I spent most of my thirties um, sort of on this journey. I was still working as, as a, a doctor, a regular uh, physician, but on my free time, I was on, on one hand, I was investigating, like we learned how to do hypnosis and I learned, I was um, learning about meditation and nutraceutical supplements and diet things. And, and also I investigated psychology and spirituality. And then for myself too, you know, there was this, 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 um, all these issues that came up, things about emotions, like how mm -hmm. do I deal with all this emotion that has come up as I've uh, uh, dealt with all of the disappointments in my life and um, dealing with fear. Well, what do I do now? I have no idea. My intellect ran my life for the first 30 years. It had a plan and I just followed it. It pushed my body. I like to talk about the mind-body con conflict. And when I'm talking about the mind, I'm talking specifically about the intellect, the part of us that's yeah. thinking and analyzing. And then the body, um, you know, that's the emotional part of us and and the physical body. And I, I had just been sort of pushing that physical part of me forward um, and spirit didn't have much to do with it at all because I was just so busy and uh, so I really had a lot of work to do in my own life in in my own time and that took a lot of time it wasn't like one day I got an epiphany and all of a sudden everything changed it was a process where I slowly uh, delved into the different aspects of my life that were were uh, uh, troublesome for me, and I had to find new ways of dealing. Um, and then when I about let's see, was it 2004? I went back and I um, did a fellowship for a year, learning how to manage chronic pain because chronic pain at that time was the big area where we did the most work with uh, a holistic, integrative approach. And I think it's really changing in the last decade, but. That was really the cutting edge of it, at least in Minnesota. So it was really nice for me. I was in a, in a world where it felt more, more like I was finally coming home, like this feels right. I'm finally feeling like I'm really a doctor. I used to always sort of, we joke in residency, but I, I continued to joke to myself through the years. There, was, there used to be a television commercial with some actors saying, well, I'm not a real doctor. I just play one on TV. <laughs> And we used to joke, I'm not a real doctor. I just play one in the clinic. And it sort of felt like that. Like, well, gee, this, this life role doesn't feel right to me. I feel like I'm just acting. And so it was really nice when, um, as, I, as I worked on my inner self and I changed my practice to manage pain, and, and then I also integrated this holistic approach, it started to feel real. And, um, it, you know, over, over time, it's shifted. And I was able to find that sense of, of peace and a sense of, um, well, it's not always easy. And it's, you know, it's not like I want to pretend like my life is perfect, but I feel like I'm definitely on the right path. And I'm, um, I'm at peace with the journey. Yeah, I love that you said that. Because I people listening to the podcast for a while know that I have firm beliefs about you know, the traditional 
medical field. And that I feel like a lot of times, and it's not against doctors per se, but that a lot of times instead of seeing that they are, we are whole entity. And so like you're talking about the physical and and the mental, they're all related. And instead of seeing like, what's the root cause for what's going on? It's like, we're going to treat the symptoms. Here's a medication or here's what, you know, something that you can do instead of seeing what is the things in somebody's life that need to change to help maybe not completely get rid of the problem, but help mitigate the problem. And I feel like when we talk about holistic health, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about that whole person approach, you know, seeing what the root cause is and trying to treat that instead of here's a bandaid for the the gaping wound that you have going on. Am I right when I say that? Yeah. It, and, and this isn't, there are so many factors involved in this. I've, I've thought about it a lot over the years and, um, it, it, this is a really hard, hard uh, problem to solve. And I, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, it's like everyone in this relationship has a responsibility for the way healthcare has, has uh, become mm-hmm. so focused on this sort of Band-Aid approach. I mean, if you were going to talk about physicians, well, um, you know, I think part of it has to do just with that, um, the personality of a lot of physicians. To be a doctor, you have to spend so much time and energy in your intellect, thinking, analyzing. There's so much to learn. The massive amount of material, it, it can be overwhelming. And so what we do to manage that is we break it up into all of these different organ systems. Mm-hmm. And we um, break it, we try to, I think a, a big part of that is the reason why we're so fractured and why we seem to be so tunnel vision is because we're just trying, you know, if, if you're going to um, be a surgeon, you're going to want to do your surgery the best way you can. Mm-hmm. And that takes a lot of energy. Or if you're an endocrinologist, you're going to want to know as much as you can about all the different glands and all the different hormones. And and so part of it is just intellectually, it's really difficult. But I think part of it, too, is that the personality types of physicians, I think maybe um, they tend to want to just focus on the details and just they get intellectual and they have trouble and they don't want they fight seeing that big picture. And so that's an issue. But then also with patients, I have to say, because now I am um, providing this big picture view of health. And I'm a real proponent of patients taking responsibility and not, well, I used to do family medicine, but now I just manage pain. And I'll have to tell you, I get a lot of pushback. So there are, you know, if I would love it, if every patient came in and said, boy, you know, I want to take all the responsibility and I know it's going to be hard. I'm going to do what I can to heal. Um, and that's that's not so easy because it, it, the culture has reinforced this idea for so long. I think everyone's sort of used to it now, this idea that um, my body is separate from my life. We sort of live that way. We live right. this way that you just push yourself to the limit and don't take care of yourself. And it has nothing to do with your health. And then down the road when your body breaks down and you're having problems, you can just go in. It's like the body's the car and you go to the mechanic and the mechanic will take care of it. The doctor will fix you and you're back on the road next week. And so um, everyone is sort of responsible for 
the the way that we're looking at our health and our mm-hmm. our physical and mental health and and, and and really this extends to all aspects of our lives how we're we end up being so um, um, driven and and you know you see this competitive culture and it it's really focused on the surface and so when you have everyone reinforcing that from the time you're a young kid, I can understand. So it's hard because I know what you're saying. It, it, we, we're, we've got a lot of work to do. Uh, and I don't want to put down Western medicine because, man, you know, you want your Western medicine. Yeah. It, it's, but I think it should just be part of the whole picture. And that's the big issue is that we're giving it too much power and we're giving it too much responsibility. And then patients get so angry and disappointed when their doctor can't diagnose them correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's not that they can't do it correctly, it's just that maybe it's not diagnosable yet, or maybe they can't treat because it's not something that Western medicine can treat. Right. So those, those are, um, we're all responsible. And I, for myself on my personal life with my own health, I'm always trying to be, the healthiest patient as as I can be. Mm-hmm. And then as a doctor, I'm always trying to reinforce that with my patients. And I think that's all we can do. It's a process. And I think it's going to probably take <laughs> generations. Yeah. Um, but we're at least we're getting started, you know, compared to when I was uh, got started in the 90s. It, the world is such a different place. If, mm-hmm. at, and in a way, I sort of laugh about it, because I joke with my friends that in a way, I'm sort of glad that I got started when I did, because if you're, if you're trying to understand the world of holistic and integrative medicine now, there is so much information out there. You can spend lifetimes just trying to figure out what all the different types of, of therapies and techniques, and uh, it's, it can be overwhelming just in the sheer mass of it. So um, in, in a way, I'm sort of glad that I sort of figured it out before I had to go through deal with all this detail because it, 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 it ended up being a lot faster process for me. Yeah. And I agree with you. It's not just the physicians. It's definitely society because society nowadays is looking for a quick fix and Western medicine can provide that quick fix, but it's not going to provide a um, long-term fix for what's going on if we're not looking at the whole person. And I love holistic medicine because I feel like it does take that approach with the whole person effects. And I'm a true believer that, you know, your environment can affect your mental and physical health, um, how you take care of your body, all of those things. Um, the physical health is going to affect the mental health and the mental health is going to affect the physical health and is a whole person approach that needs to happen, but we're like 20 years behind what the research is saying, you know, the research is saying this, all this stuff is going to help you, but like Western medicine's about 20 years behind that. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to holistic treatment, we're not talking that, you know, medicine does not have its place, right? So Mm -hmm. like recently I was diagnosed with bipolar two disorder, which is Mm -hmm. a disorder that literally there's a chemical imbalance inside my brain going on. And I started on a medication. I had a lot of holistic people that I am friends with that were kind of medicine shaming me because they're like, well, you should be doing all these other things instead of taking medicine. And I'm like, I've done all the things. Like I take care of my body. I do yoga. I meditate. Like, you know, I have my own spiritual routine and my environment's great. And it still was a struggle. So 
um, when it comes to holistic medication, we're, we're not talking that there's, you don't use medication at all. Am I right? Oh yeah, definitely. Well, you know, so I, I have actually, I have my own clinic because I just couldn't work within the, the regular healthcare system. Right. I needed more time. And, and so, um, in my little clinic, yeah, I still practice Western medicine. So I still prescribe medications. Um, but also, uh, when I was in my pain training, I learned about acupuncture and, mm. um, I think more patients want acupuncture now than medications. Yeah. And so, um, and, and then that brings up, yeah, so definitely I'm, I, and you know, I think another thing to think about too, and this is a, an ask, a, an area with pain medicine that we don't talk about enough is that just because you get on a medication doesn't mean you have to be on it forever. Right. And, and that, that counts with mental health and I'm not going to speak to your, your specific situation, but depression and anxiety are a good example of that. Mm -hmm. Just because a patient has a need for a medication, a prescription medication uh, at this point in time doesn't mean that it's going to be that way forever. And I find that all the time with my patients with chronic pain, they come to see me. And the first thing I do is start talking about, well, what is really working here for you now? Mm -hmm. And what should we try to taper? We can always try to taper and we can always, we can always increase the dose again. And, and I'm not talking opioids because I am um, very yeah. conservative with opioids. So that is sort of off the table, even unless I have a very specific case um, where, so I'm not talking about opioids, but I'm talking about other non-opioid pain medications, even those um, we want to look at that big picture. And, and I see that across the board with, um, with Western medicine and everything, you know, I think in the moment, what's right for this moment, for this person, even for this person might not be right a decade or, you know, a year from now. And right. so um, we want to recognize what all the tools are, and then we want to use those appropriately. And um, the and I think another big part of this is, and that's why I created the New Healing Connection, is that I want patients to realize how much power they have. And I want them to be able to recognize that they are the best expert for their own life. Mm -hmm. So if you have a medical problem, I'm as a physician, I'm a consultant. I feel like I will give advice. I mean, there's certain things I will not prescribe a certain medication if right. I think it's wrong. And sometimes I'm like really insistent, you need to get this evaluation or mm -hmm. I really feel this is important. But Unless it's it's um, really a, a a really specific uh, uh, situation like that, there are so much so many times where the patient knows best. And but if you as the patient don't either believe that you have that power um, to heal yourself or to know what's best for you, and if also you don't know what that how to recognize when you have an intuitive message telling you that you need something if you don't know what that is then you're not going to be able to act on that so that's really why I, I so my information in this new healing connection I'm trying to get even farther beyond so I don't talk about like the supplements or diet I don't talk about a lot of the things like we think I do a little bit as far as in the introduction and I talk about I like to talk about energy and a little bit of that kind of stuff but I really am getting into more of the details of what patients can do, what everyone can do. Cause I'm, I live this, the information in this new healing connection. I live that. Um, and so I, I know how that works to be 
the expert in my own life. Yeah. And so this new healing connection has to do with that mind, body, and emotion healing. And I would love for you to to tell my audience how that even works. Because, you know, we are trained and brought up to think of our physical and our mental and our emotional and our spiritual health all as completely separate entities. But as I said earlier, they all interact and they all affect each other. So I'd love for you to share a little bit more with us about how that all works. Okay. Well, that's like a big, <laughs> a yeah. big topic. <laughs> you can condense it down, but really people might be wondering how, how this integrative healing would even, even okay. work. Well, let, okay. So let me talk a little bit. So I like, I start, I like to start the conversation by talking about this idea of energy or chi. And I don't know if everyone's even heard of that. And if they have a lot of, I mean, physicians, they just think that's crazy because there's no way to measure it. Science has proven that we do have an energy field that extends, I think they said four feet around us. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's science. <laughs> I, yeah, yes, exactly. And I, I, lo I will love the day when we can actually measure it and that'll be great. But so like, as far as the physical, I think it's so easy to think that the physical world is separate from our inner world. And um, part of it's the body, but even you look at other people and you think, well, that person is separate from me. And mm -hmm. you look at the environment and you say, well, that, you know, the, the weather out there is separate from me. And how can I change my life when I have all these people and we have, I've got all these other issues. And then my body seems like it's got its own plans. And how, how does my inner work say on, of dealing with emotions or dealing with my thoughts. How is that going to change my outer world? Because they do, you're right, they seem separate. And I like to think about this idea of energy because, so if you're thinking about energy, you can imagine, and that I sort of like the fact that we don't know too much about it because I like imagination. It's something that, um, you know, we're so caught up now in our evidence and if you don't see it, it's not real. And um, it's, it's fun to be able to let go of that and, and to relax a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I imagine these energy, you know, energy particles that are so small that we can't see them or measure them yet. I think we're, the physicists are getting pretty close, but, and then I imagine that we've got this energy that flows through us and I just feel like we're connected to the earth and the, the, the energy healers that I talk to, they talk about that too. And, so if I can imagine that I've got this energy flowing through me up through the earth and that there are all these tiny little energy particles that are making up, they're the foundation of my body. And in every cell, in every organ, every part of my body, um, there are these underlying energy particles. And if I can imagine that this energy is flowing through me and on a physical level, what is that? Well, it's how you feel. So if you wake up right. in the morning and you feel good and your energy's high, then you can say, wow, my energy's flowing in a good way. And I'm, it's, it's flowing in an easy way. I like to imagine like a, a stream, like of water and imagine how that would be flowing through me, just like the energy is flowing through me. And then not only do we have this energy coming into us, but we exchange it with the environment. So yeah. I put energy into all the activities I do taking care of my body, taking care of 
um, my patients, and in my relationships. So when I put energy out and I'm talking to you, so we're talking right now and the energy, the energy healers, I can't see auras or, or, you know, I'm not an energy healer like that, but the energy people would say that our auras were probably touching even far away, you know, right. that the, the, everything is connected. And, um, and so if you can just play around with that and you can even, don't you ever, sometimes you're like out somewhere and you feel like someone's looking at you and you turn around and someone you know you're like oh hi because <laughs> they were sending you some energy right yep. and and so even thoughts you know so if you're sitting around and you're just thinking about something say you're worrying about your kid right because you're a mom right mm -hmm. and and so you're you can look so quiet to everyone else but you're sending all this energy out at, into the and unfortunately with something like worrying you're not accomplishing a lot so it's sort of wasting your energy but your thoughts are putting energy out. So we have all these ways that we spend this energy. And so now what seemed like a totally separate issue from my physical body has become sort of more tangible to me. I can, and I like to talk about, there are different ways. I've heard different people talk about it in different ways, but I like to think about it as having a hundred units of energy a day. So I have a hundred units of energy every day and where am I going to spend that? And if you start adding it up, well, some days it can get overwhelming. Well, mm -hmm. I used all 100 units up by noon. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm so tired because I spent 20 units getting the kids ready. And then I, for you, maybe you had spent 40 units uh, in a class. And then uh, maybe you got stressed and you spent another 30 units worrying about something. And you had errands to run and there went another 30. And boy, are we are over 100 already. Mm -hmm. And and so when you start to look at life like that, it starts, it, it's more of just a way to shift perspective mm -hmm. so that you can start to be, it's sort of that mindful thing in a way, because um, mindfulness is really a popular idea now, this idea of watching ourselves and really being aware of what's going on and that idea of well where am I putting all my energy every day because if you think about it in terms of of um, health if you're constantly putting out more energy than you have coming in it's going to start to take a toll so you start to notice you're tired maybe you're getting more cranky maybe you're feeling more irritable and um, you're just really more sensitive. And then over time, if you keep pushing over time, then maybe it ends up becoming, um, I'm starting to have some aches and pains and my body doesn't function quite like it should. And maybe I'm not getting enough sleep at night. And then if you can sort of just use your imagination and imagine that now my physical symptoms are a manifestation of the fact that my energy is out of balance. Yeah. So now that that's sort of just an example of how how I like to look at this idea of energy. And so this is a way and say with a relationship, my, I'm I've got a relationship with someone and I just feel like every time I'm with that person, they just suck the life right out of me mm -hmm. and I'm exhausted. So if I continue on this path in this relationship the same way, giving, 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 and they just take, take, take. And I always feel like something is off. but um, I just don't feel like I, I dare say anything or do anything, then you're literally going to make yourself sick because mm -hmm. it's going to take a toll on you. Does yeah. that help explain that idea? 
Absolutely. And I personally liken it to that we are a container, like you could say water, or you could say vase, you could say whatever, and that the things going on in our lives either give us energy or take away energy or do a little bit of both. And what we want to do is minimize the amount of things we're doing that are taking too much energy and maximize the amount of things we're doing that gives us energy. You know, usually these are self-care items or like spending time with somebody you really enjoy spending time with that always lifts you up and always makes you feel better about yourself, you know, and minimizing spending time, like you said, with those people that are constantly draining you and constantly taking from you, because we really want to keep that, that container full so that we can function because if it's empty, we are not useful to anybody. And, and the thing is too, is because we have limited energy, well, we'd like to just be able to just, you know, take and take, when you have a goal in your life, um, whether it's your job and you want to do a good job or you're taking care of your kids, you're going to have to use a certain amount of energy a day for that work. And if you don't have that energy, yeah, it, you start to feel bad about yourself because you feel like you're failing and you know, you're set up to, to fail. You, you, it's like you're going to sabotage yourself because you didn't have that energy. So then that feeds on it. It creates all these other problems. And so one of the things that um, I really talk about a lot, the thing that I focus on is emotions, because mm-hmm. one of the things that helps us work through these problems with our energy uh, is working with emotions. Because, uh, you know, I, I don't know who said this, emotions are energy in motion. (laughs) And I I always laugh when I hear that. Um, But really, to be able to, so not only look at all those outside things, because yes, we know diet is important. And we know, you need to get rest and all of that's important. But I have a lot of patients who do all those things, do the right thing, and they still are out of balance. And they still feel like there's something wrong in my life. And that's where I like to turn to that idea about emotions. And when I, I think I mentioned before, when I talk about emotions, I'm talking about the physical aspect of emotions in the body. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's, it's easy to mix them up and think that when you're thinking about an emotion, that that is the emotion. But what I want to be really specific on is that I'm talking about the physical aspect of feeling So like when you're sad and you cry, that's emotion. When you're thinking about what you're crying about, that's the intellect. And that's a totally separate animal. And you're going to work with that separately. And when I talk about emotions, I like to break it down into four key emotions, just because people have a lot of trouble with emotion. And those are anger, sadness, fear, and joy. And a lot of people think, well, negative emotion, I shouldn't feel that because you're bad if you feel anger or you're weak if you're afraid. Exactly. (laughs) And so, um, and you talk about this too. That's why I liked when I was, when I I saw your podcast or heard your podcast and, and saw the stuff that you're doing on Facebook too, is to recognize that no emotions are important to feel no matter Mm -hmm. how comfortable they are. So I like to describe them instead, like the anger, sadness and fear as uncomfortable. Because when you think of an emotion as uncomfortable, yeah, anger for me is my least favorite emotion. It's uncomfortable for me. Mm-hmm. But I know if I'm feeling angry, I need to let it flow through my body. Of course, with anger, we need to do it in a responsible way. We don't want to hurt ourselves or anyone else. 
but um, the important thing is to recognize that the process of feeling that anger and any emotion is a healthy thing. And so when we're talking about energy and ways to get more energy, one of the easiest ways is to open up and let our emotions flow. Mm -hmm. Of course, like I said, in a responsible way. Absolutely. And, and so a lot of people, you know, like when I was young, you know, women learn not to feel anger. So we were just mm -hmm. going to be nice, nice ladies. And all that time when we were trying not to feel, that just blocks your chi. Yeah. And so that idea of letting that flow, and like for my patients with chronic pain, that has been a really simple and basic way to help with healing is just to learn to teach my patients how to get comfortable in their bodies emotionally so that they don't, because what people do, they have all kinds of habits that are um, end up blocking their chi, blocking their energy, or depleting their energy as they're trying not to let the emotions flow. So you might have um, a habit of um, using some substance, alcohol, a drug, mm -hmm. or you might eat a lot. So when that uncomfortable emotion comes up, instead of letting your body feel it, you go for the food. Yeah. And you might like, I have a little perfection addiction um, where, you know, it feels so comfortable to have everything feel like it's in the right yes. place. <laughs> everything looks good. And it's like, I don't have to have that uncomfortable emotion. Mm -hmm. um, other people, um, and for my pain patients, a big one is they tighten up their muscles so that they can hold things in. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to let that out. And if you if you're chronically holding that your muscles tight, that ends up uh, manifesting in a number of ways. And, and the big one is chronic pain. And so that idea, as we're trying to add energy, in addition to all of the self-care things that you talk about, is to really get deep into this idea of emotion. And I'm going to admit that in the beginning, if you've been blocking a lot and you haven't ever let yourself, say, feel fear and um, then you're going to say, well, I'm just going to relax. And, you know, maybe you're going to watch a scary movie and say, I want to feel what fear feels like, or however you want to, you know, sort of relax into that and get into your body with it. It can be really shocking. It can be messy. You can be feel out of control. Your intellect then comes in with its little messages. Oh, what are we doing here? This is bad. Right. It's dangerous. But, um, it, once you get over that sort of beginning at, uh, part of it, where you're, you're, getting like to know your body again, then that emotion has a lot of power and it gives a lot of energy. And then that, another side effect of that is it also helps relax your intellect. So um, when, when our intellects are always thinking and analyzing and getting on the thought treadmill and you can't stop worrying and you can't stop uh, looking back and regretting, if you can actively work on feeling emotions, that helps bring balance in the, the thoughts part of our, our world too. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you brought that up and you know, people who have listened to the podcast a while knows that I say there's no positive or negative emotions. We're supposed to, we're supposed to feel them. They're there for a reason. They're, they're, they're signaling something inside of us. And when we just shut them down, we just create all this baggage that builds up and builds up and builds up. And like you said, it blocks the, any energy from coming out. And then someday, 
something's going to let that loose and it's all just going to come out and it's not going to be very healthy. So if we just process it in a healthy manner, that can be so helpful. So we have come to the end of our time today. What would you like to leave the Inspired Women audience with if we could just encapsulate our conversation so far? Well, I would, as far as um, a, a different way of looking at life, always be trying to change perspective because whenever you're stuck in a place where you're like, boy, I, I just don't know a way out. Mm -hmm. um, if you can change perspective, that helps. And as far as every day looking at your energy and asking, well, where's my, how much energy do I have today? And if I don't have it, I'm not going to beat myself up, but I'm going to work on finding new ways to get energy. And then look at that idea of emotions. Well, what can I do so that my emotions can help energize me rather than hold me back. Mm -hmm. And I want to get comfortable with them, even the uncomfortable ones, and play around. So maybe it's I'm going to read a book, watch a movie, maybe with my kids, um, and we get kid time and mom time together, and then I'm going to feel whatever comes through my body and get comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that process, it's not always easy and quick, but this is the work that gets to the root of the problem so that when you want to access your inner expert and you want to know what is right for me and my family and everyone in the situation, the intuition is going to be much more easily accessed when we're feeling our emotions and we're letting the intellect be part of the system, but not driving the car. Yes. I love that you said that because I think that there's so much that people overlook about what's going on in their environments and in their bodies and in their minds. We just go, 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 go. And we don't pay attention to what are we feeling? What is giving us energy? What is draining our energy? And, and what, how do we need to reevaluate what's going on in our lives? And I love how you pointed out that we need to just take it one day at a time, not to beat ourselves up, but continually work on this. So Dr. Cassandra, I'm so happy you came on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.